0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast where we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. I have talked about this topic before on this podcast, but, I mean, it's really starting to come to a head. The absurdity of this story is starting to come to a head to the point where we almost have to turn to our commissioner and say, come on, we we got to do something about this because this is just getting stupid. I am talking about the marlins i am talking about what the marlins have become which is a uh, in many ways you can point to them as our most disastrous franchise and certainly the most the the franchise that you look at in terms of the ownership where you say you know what we need to do something here now there have been people who said you what, just contract them We don't need them. We don't need the Marlins, the Miami Marlins. We don't need them. And I disagree. I disagree. I think that you could have a baseball team work in Miami, Florida. I really think you can. But the way it exists now with this ownership, with the Jeffrey Loria ownership, the man who basically ran the Montreal Expos into the ground. And he is now taking the Miami Marlins in the 15th year of his ownership. This is the 24th season of the Marlins. And Loria has been in charge of them since they did the weird two-step that the ownership of the Marlins was transferred over to the Red Sox. And Loria, who had been running the... Expos took over the Marlins, and Frank McCourt, who wanted to buy the Red Sox, wound up getting his consolation prize being the LA Dodgers, which he proceeded to run into the ground before the Magic Johnson group picked it up. Okay, that's your little history lesson. And along the way, the Marlins ran in to two world championships. In 1997, Wayne Huizenga ran the team and he kind of pushed his chips in the center of the table and said, screw it, we're going to go for it. Signed a bunch of big-time free agents, made a bunch of big-time expensive deals. And as it worked out, they beat the Giants. They beat the Braves. Everyone in their moose thought the Braves were going to win the pennant. And then they wound up beating the Cleveland Indians in one of the tightest Game 7s of the World Series you'll ever see. Then, of course, in 2003, they beat the Giants again. Everyone remembers Steve Bartman. Everyone remembers they beat the Yankees. And those are the only two postseason appearances they've had. One where they pushed the chips in the center of the table and then immediately disbanded them. The defending champion Marlins in 1998 went 54-108. and It was the worst post-world championship team ever. And quite frankly, the team bore no resemblance. They completely dismantled the team. And then they've dismantled the team several times since then. And Jeffrey Loria can say he's won a championship for the Marlins, but everything else he's done has been a catastrophe, an absolute catastrophe. Sure, he has, on occasion, opened up the wallet and brought in some big players, but he has just as quickly dumped them off. And also, in his 15 years of managing, of, of running the team, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... 11 managers in 15 seasons. Running Joe Girardi out of town. Running Freddie Gonzalez out of town. Both of them did a remarkable job. Getting Ozzie Guillen, that didn't work. Getting Mike Redman out and putting Dan Jennings in there. Now he has Don Mattingly in there. And we all know that's not going to last long with Mattingly in there. And all this, just this is the on-field stuff. And the times he's blown up the team and put on a... No, you know, put a nothing payroll together has been, you know, sometimes an absolute disgrace. Some of the trades, if you look at them individually, wound up making sense. Trading away Jose Reyes and Mark Burley and Josh Johnson to uh, Toronto made sense on its own. But you, in some of the moves that they've made, cost-cutting made sense on its own. The Miguel Cabrera trade was a catastrophe the only good all-star player who came back with that was Andrew Miller but he didn't become an all-star until after they dumped him off but that being said it's been a catastrophe but it's be, it's beyond just a catastrophe in terms of the fact that this is a team that has never won a division title that has you know a couple of times in terms of like you know drawing players to their to the to the team, their inaugural year, the world championship year of 97, and the first year in the Miami Park, they cracked 2 million people, and they have yet to crack 2 million people in any of the other years. That in terms of putting together a winning team, they've had seven winning, franch- seven winning seasons in 24 years. Seven. Never winning a division title. They won the two world championships, to be sure, but never winning at all in the division race and basically putting together an embarrassing product in terms of how they've treated their fans and how they've treated their players. Now, it's come to a head in an article that came out in the uh, the Miami New Times, and later, Craig Calcaterra reported about it on NBCSports.com. But in the Miami New Times, in a uh, article written by uh, Tim Efrink Tim Elfring, the Marlins have gone too far. Season ticket holders bought into the new stadium. They the Miami was fleeced by the by the Marlins of a new stadium deal that they got. They tore down the old Orange Bowl. They built this new stadium, which has the weird statue. This is year number five of the weird statue. This is no longer a new park. This is the fifth year of it, and they, they can't draw flies. So they have terrible attendance there. And, you know, why shouldn't there be? You know, the product on the field is, I mean, they've as of this recording, they have a winning record. But they're not going to beat the Nationals or the Mets. They're not going to beat the Cubs or the Pirates or the Cardinals, and they're not going to beat the Giants, and they probably won't beat the Dodgers. So they're not going to see the postseason this year. And they'll probably finish around, well, roughly around 500. That's probably where they're probably about a 500 team. That's probably who they are. But when they built this stadium, not only were they lying left and right about, oh, we're losing money, we're losing money, we're losing money. And it turns out, no, they weren't losing money because their payroll solo, they couldn't lose money. They actually were profitable. And, of course, they fleeced the taxpayers of all these publicly funded stadiums or taxpayer fleecing, which is one reason why I'm completely against public funding for a stadium. If it's such a great deal, Jeffrey Laurie, you build it. You get the investors. Why is it? Why is the city gonna pony up the price? Oh, because of the community and because of the businesses it creates. Oh, really? And one of the things that happened in these, in these lawsuits that are going on involving the Marlins, including people who were vendors, people who set up restaurants and set up food places with the promise of we're going to put a great product on the field we're going to get two three million people a year think about all this think about all that and the people said all right yeah you're promising this you're promising that a so guy ran a pizza place in the stadium expecting to get you know great business nope nope there's no great business there's no fans the crowds are terrible and the guy's bankrupt and the team is suing the pizza owner in the stadium for backing out. They said, well, I'm going bankrupt. And now they're, they're suing season ticket holders. There's the this story about this guy, uh, Mixie, uh, Mickey Axelbrand, who's been a season ticket holder since 1993. He's been 24 years. And he was a season ticket holder when they played at old Joe Robbie Stadium. And then he Spent the money to get the box seats and spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for season tickets, which include, you know, the the luxury boxes and everything like that. And then midway through, after paying for all that, they cut back on this and they cut back on all the stuff that they agreed they'd do. And he said, out to hell with it. You're not coming through your end. I'm not getting all the extra stuff. So I'm going to cancel my season ticket subscription. And the Marlins are suing him. They're suing a guy who goes to Marlins games. They can't afford to do that. They may have a legal reason for, oh, you're not allowed to break this contract. You don't sue your fans. I don't care what a lawyer says. Actually, this violates this. No, 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 no. You don't sue your fans. What you do is you ask the fan who broke off the season ticket subscription, you ask him, or her, or whomever it is, why are you doing it? What are we doing wrong? Lead us in the right direction. Let us know what we're doing. And maybe we can improve upon it. Instead, you have, uh, the Mickey Axelband was saying that things were better under, Heisinga uh, and under Henry, but when Loria came up, a lot of the customer service stuff was wrong and how they treat their fans is wrong. Now they're suing them. They got the stadium. They fleeced them for the stadium, fleeced the taxpayers. They have an ugly stadium. I kind of dig it because it's so ugly. And you have a franchise which is not only shorthand for blowing up a team after a championship. You know, you're not going to pull a Marlins, but it's now a shorthand for treating a city horribly and ripping them off for a new stadium. And now that's going to be a shorthand for suing fans that they don't really have. Miami's is not a, the baseball hotbed that people thought it was. And the Marlins have been around next year. It'll be a quarter of a century. A quarter of a damn century. They're not new anymore. If you use the rule of seven, which is you remember things when you turn seven years old, if you're in your early 30s, you don't remember a world of baseball without a team in Florida. Whether it be the Florida Marlins or the Miami Marlins, it's not working. You have a franchise in Miami which should be one of the single most attractive places to play baseball. And you now have a dome stadium there. So you don't have the excuse of playing in an open-air football stadium. You have a place that features a lot of transplanted Northeasterners, like Mickey Axel band and a lot of people from the Caribbean. Boom and boom. Two of the most passionate groups of people following baseball. People from the Northeast, people from the Caribbean. And now you have an air-conditioned stadium and you can't draw there. And you have nothing but acrimony. You have nothing but anger. You have nothing but ill will for Marlins fans. The Marlins won the World Series in 1997, and it gained them nothing. In fact, it lost them fans. It lost respect. They won the World Series in 2003. There was a little bump the next couple of years, and then two years later, they tore the team to the ground, back to the basement in terms of attendance, even though the team itself remain competitive throughout the year this is not about the players two of my favorite players in baseball currently wear marlins uniforms i like Giancarlo stanton a lot and i love jose fernandez i want jose fernandez to be a big star but here's where the commissioners got to step in because they did this before i mentioned the name before when they did the old texas two-step with all the owners Frank McCourt wanted to own the Red Sox. He's a New Englander. Man, as a Red Sox fan, what a bullet we dodged. Having imagined the world we would have lived in if Frank McCourt was running the Red Sox. Red Sox would be bankrupt. We'd still be talking about the curse of the Bambino. Instead, we wound up getting John Henry. And I think it's safe to say, whatever you think about John Henry and Larry Lucchino, etc., it's gone pretty well. The Red Sox have won three World Series titles under that ownership, and they look pretty damn good this year. So I think we can be just fine with the ownership, even if they seem somewhat icy and heartless. Do you want three championships? I could deal with icy and heartless. But Loria, who I actually don't doubt loves baseball, and I don't doubt that he would love to win another title in Florida, of which he can then say to everyone, hey, look at that, we've won another championship un- under my watch. But do you remember what happened under McCourt when they was they were bankrupting the team and the weird divorce and they were treating the team like their own personal ATM. Eventually, Commissioner of Baseball at the time, my favorite guy, Alan Seelig, call him Bud, stepped in and said, "Do you want? You're going to have to sell the team for the good of baseball. You're going to have to sell the team." and work something out. These lawsuits and the fact that the irreparable damage that can take place with the city of Miami's relationship with the Marlins makes me say, do you know what? 15 years is enough. 15 years of Jeffrey Loria is enough. He got lucky. He ran into one World Series his second year there. And after that, nothing's gone right. Nothing's gone right. They haven't contended since 2003. Not really. I mean, a couple of, they made one run at the wild card in 2009, but that fell short. They haven't contended. They haven't won. They are the, along with the Mariners, they're, the Mariners have the longest postseason drought if the Mariners make the postseason this year, they'll the Marlins will have the longest postseason drought. There comes a point where you gotta step in and say, look at Jeffrey, you fleece the city. This the reputation that baseball has in Miami, which should be a hotbed, could not possibly be worse. And now you're engaged in shenanigans where instead of of looking at your product and saying, how do we make this a more attractive product, a better product, a more sellable product? You are suing your own customers. That is unacceptable. And there's too many things. There have been too many violations. Owning a baseball team is not a right. And if there's one thing that we have seen over the years with baseball and its owners and that is they operate under their own rules and this is one of the times when the fact that they have an antitrust exemption is in the best interest of baseball it's the best interest of baseball to have Miami be a great market it is for say basketball it is for other sports Living in Miami should be an attractive thing for a baseball player. Baseball is a big sport in Florida. As I mentioned before, New Yorkers, people from Pennsylvania, people from Boston, people from New England, they come down and live in Florida, as do people from the Caribbean who grew up on baseball. It should be a great, great place to see baseball to cheer baseball, and Miami should be a destination spot for baseball. And a quality owner should do that. Now, I've been talking about this, whether I should have a Kickstarter program for me to buy it or whatever, but the commissioner has to step in and say, enough is enough. 15 years. We only give presidents eight. If he owns the team for a 16th year, that's the equivalent of four presidential candidates or presidential terms. And the fortunes of this team are not turning around tomorrow. And they're not going to turn around next year. They're not winning piddly poo this year. But it's not even just about the quality of the play, because as I said before, the Marlins have won as many World Series titles as the Cubs, the Marlins have won as many World Series titles as the Mets. The Marlins have won as many World Series titles as the Royals or the Indians, for that matter, or the Phillies. Remember going back, these aren't expansion teams. So they put a couple of titles on the the field. And trust me, seeing that the Marlins won the infamous, the infamous, uh, what's it called, Bartman game. I hate calling it the Bartman game. And they won against the Indians, I can tell you, the Indians would love to have 1997. Cubs would love to have 2003 be positives in their column. The fact of the matter is this. What they've done for the reputation of the team in every way, shape, or form, even taking away, even if you say it's been positive on the field, which it hasn't been recently, how they've handled the player situations, how they've handled the stadium, how they've handled the city, how they've handled how they interact with vendors, how they've interacted with fans. There's no way you could say, the Marlins are the walking answer against, well, it's good for the it's good for the local economy. They can't even make money for the ones who are in the stadium, let alone the surrounding businesses. It's time to say goodbye. This is part of the commissioner's job is to make the hard decisions about the future of the game. Baseball has three problem spots right now. They have a big problem in Oakland where they have an unusable stadium, but they want to be able to continue to make the money in the Silicon Valley. They have a market in Tampa Bay where you have good, smart people running the joint, but you have a stadium issue that can't be fixed. And you have Miami. And in Miami, you have a team where it's run by the wrong person. And it goes from the top down. The organization has been a disaster and has been an embarrassing mess for the last bunch of years. And so guess what? It's time for a change. That's why we have a commissioner. And today, it looked like the Marlins lost to the Rays, assuming that I'm dropping this on the 25th of May, which I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to do or not. But that's my call. That's my call to the commissioner. Time to do your job. Miami needs a new owner. Go to MLB Reports. To see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball, go to solidbaseball.wordpress.com, like me on Facebook, it iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, and everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for, well, let's just call it the 25th day of May 2016. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me the owner of the Marlins. And you can call me Sullivan.